Hello, my friend. Welcome back or welcome if it's your first time to MPI Radio, which stands for Massive Positive Impact Radio. I'm your host, James Allen, helping you make your own massive positive impact in the world. Today is an expert interview. Some of my favorite things that I get to do on this podcast is interview awesome people. And today we have George Bryant. So George Bryant is a New York Times bestselling author. He's a podcast host, and he's one of the most highly sought after digital marketing consultants, probably because of his approach to business and to marketing itself, which is uh, known as the relationships beat algorithms. That's his process, which we're going to dive into, learn a bit more about, but he has helped hundreds of the largest companies in the world, thousands of entrepreneurs ethically scale their businesses and deepen their relationships with their customers, which is huge. That's everything in business. And uh, he, at the same time, is helping people create transformational breakthroughs to help them accomplish their goals, their dreams. But George believes that a company's financial success is directly dependent on the amount of value they share before and after a purchase. Because again, he believes that business is about relationships and touch points. And the companies who put relationships before transactions will always win. So please welcome here the Energizer Bunny himself, George Bryant. Welcome, man. I'm excited. I'm stoked to yeah. be here. Yeah, it's good to have you, man. Um, I, I like love I'm recording this in a new conference room. I feel like I have more space than my office. I can like swing my arms oh, wider yeah. than normal. For those of you that can't see me, I'm pretty animated. I get pretty there you excited. Go. Yeah, I do. I can tell. I've been listening to your podcast and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> the energy is like <laughs> oozing out of my phone when I listen it's, to you know, it. You know, it's funny as you sip your beautiful tea over there. I was just on the road with one of my team members and uh, all, all my teams remote, but one of them, I, I go into companies for like two, three days and like come in and like hurricane from the inside out and rebuild from the ground up. And we finished four days in a row, like four days in meetings, like 7 a.m. till probably 10 p.m. every night. And we're on our flight home and he looks at me. He's like, okay, I have to know, do you take Adderall? And I was like, <laughs> what's Adderall? And he's like that ADD medication. I'm like, no, I've never taken anything. And he's like, so you don't take Adderall. You don't take energy stuff. And I was like, no, like I really love what I do. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just have this. I tell everybody I stuck like a dirt cell battery on my butt, but I really don't know. where <laughs> I feel like It's alignment or something, but yeah, it's my team thinks I'm like, in that movie limitless like i have some new yeah. like, smart drug that they don't know about and i was right like, nope i don't yeah it's called alignment, <laughs> that's, it's called alignment. that's what i'm saying <laughs> i'm like i really love what i do and like i'll say yeah. it like i love talking so i might as well have a job where i get paid to do it and so i just mm -hmm. do it a lot and there you know there's the downside sometimes i talk too much but i learned those lessons sure yeah i try and keep episodes like we said 30 to 40 minutes and going into this one i was a little skeptical about you but i think we can handle it <laughs> i appreciate the integrity and the candor i do uh cool dude so uh actually this is kind of i'm interested to know have you always been this extremely energetic dude because you said like it's from being in alignment it's stuff that you love to do have you always been like this or is it something that happen and where was that shift if so yeah that's a really really good question so um the answer is yes but the come from is very different so um i was very energetic out of insecurity when i was a child i grew up in a pretty broken home like drug abuse sexual abuse physical abuse and i mean i was bullied my front teeth were knocked out three times by the time i was 12 my nose was broken twice like i didn't have like a rainbows and unicorns childhood 
And at the same time, for whatever reason, and I don't know the answer to this as a child, I never felt called to act out in like a way that would get me in trouble. Like my parents weren't that supportive, but I never wanted to go do drugs or I never wanted to fight. I actually wanted to avoid conflict and I wanted something different. And so I started working at like 12 or 13, Mm. but I didn't work because I wanted to work. I wanted to be away from the crap that I was in. And I started to associate like, Hey, if I work, I have leverage to create my own life. Like I can buy my phone own it was a pager at the time. I got a, a pager. It was my first right. device. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, smart peep, $1.99 a month. But I had a paper route and then I was an ice guard and then I got a job at Dunkin' Donuts and I moved up to assistant management at like 14, 15. And so I started to realize that like, I felt like crap as a child. Like I, I was afraid, but I didn't want to stay stagnant. Like I didn't want to do drugs. I didn't want to party. Like I didn't want to get picked on, but I, I didn't care. I just wanted out. And so I worked really hard to try to find a path out. And then my fastest path out was I joined the United States Marine Corps when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't get in because I was fat. So I was bulimic from the sexual abuse and things like that. And so I had to lose like 60 pounds. And so I had these like basically compartments of my life or, or chapters in my life where there was always this mountain to climb. And I had this really strong driving force from insecurity, right? I'm like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to get out. I'm going to make it different. And that carried me through my life and career really well. I I was really quote unquote on paper successful out of insecurity, but I was very unhappy, depressed and anxious. And so I did 12 years in the Marine Corps, three combat deployments, blah, 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 blah. And I'm wrapping my story. And so I hope you don't mind. Um, Two birds with one stone. So then I get out of the Marine Corps after 12 years and I don't take a day off. I go from 12 years of active duty, three deployments to I'm going to go be an entrepreneur, like teach myself how to cook, be a food blogger. And so as I started to grow and I met my wife, my wife's a very conscious, grounded, emotionally intelligent woman. um, I started to become aware through her feedback and my own actions that I was basically running my whole life. Like I'd never slowed down. There was never a day off. There was never a break. My drug was the run. And I was actually afraid of stillness. Like I couldn't be alone without somebody around. I couldn't not be doing something because I was afraid of my own thoughts, my own demons, my own shadows. And so my wife got pregnant and um, she was about eight months pregnant and we were about three weeks away from bankruptcy because that insecurity snowballed and self-sabotaged into the depths of nothingness, right? It's like when you go on tilt, if I've never gambled, but I've watched movies, like when you start gambling, you start losing, you go harder and harder and harder and you go on tilt. Well, that's what I was doing with my energy. It got to a point where it no longer worked to operate out of insecurity and compensation. And so I just kept going and kept breaking stuff. And I went from having a seven figure business, a New York Times bestselling book, a number one app in the world to losing 50, 60 grand a month on the same revenue because I was just tilting all the way. And so it, it basically broke me. And what ended up happening was uh, my son was born and I ended up walking away from that company hands clean. I didn't sell it. I gave it away overnight. Like I went from a couple hundred thousand social media followers revenue. And I literally walked away on one day. I transferred bank accounts, deleted social media, and I disappeared. And I spent the next two, three years in really, really deep work that like, I didn't get to stop working, but I was like dying on the inside. So I started doing meditation and breath work Mm -hmm. and cold therapy and EMDR and plant medicine and ayahuasca and psilocybin and MDMA assisted psychotherapy. And I started going into 
all those levels of demons. And there were a lot. Like, I was like, oh, it's deployment. And then you're like, oh, that's tied into my childhood. Oh, that's tied into my sexual abuse. Oh, that's when I was three. And I started to realize that in my entire life, I'd never taken a moment to slow down. Like, I'd never taken a moment to just be, and I didn't know who I was. And so once that happened, it wasn't that I chose to have this energy. It's that the insecure energy got taken away because my container started to shatter and everything around me stopped working. So it created this new awareness and I really had two choices. And I was like, okay, am I going to die or am I going to live something different? And I started pursuing happiness, like myself, like self-acceptance, self-awareness, like who am I as a father, as a husband, as a human, like to myself, like how do I love myself? And that became a new process, but it also became one where I was punished for doing it compensatorily or out of insecurity. And I was rewarded for being patient and aware and mm -hmm. I know self-accepting and all those different things and integrating the work. And so there was about a three year period where I felt like a tortoise and I couldn't move. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Like it felt hard. Everything felt hard. Like I felt like there was this weight of the world on my shoulders and I just, and this can sound really cheesy, but that movie, what about Bob is a good analogy. It was like, just baby steps, like just baby steps, just baby steps and baby steps. Mm -hmm. And it took maybe a year or so to me to like realize there was a path or potential for me because going from insecurity to going to like self-creation was massive. Insecurity was the easiest fuel in the world. It was like a gambling drug. It was like anything. I'm like, I can get it wherever I want. And I'm like, look, I'll show you, I'll prove you. But it was all for somebody else. And it was so out of alignment. And so it probably mm -hmm. took a year for me to get to the point where I was like, what? oh, I can build something like for myself, like without you knowing or my wife knowing or my kids knowing, like just for me, like it's okay that I do that thing today or build that thing today. And once I got a glimpse of it, I realized it was possible, um, but it was going to take time and I was going to have to dedicate my life to being a student. And that had its own level of insecurity, right? My ego had to die. It's like, oh, you don't get to know everything. You don't get to have all the answers. And instead you get to have everything you've ever wanted, but it's not going to look the same. And mm -hmm. so that started my work of like growth and personal development. And now I'm a lifelong student that get smacked in the face and get speed bumped and flat tires like what feels like 38 times a day sometimes 74 times a day mm -hmm. and I'm also in a place where I'm aware that like oh it's just a flat tire don't slash the other three change it take the feedback take the lesson and grow again and so you know I talk like I have it all figured out but that's me keeping myself motivated in the game of like student of like where I am to Bodhisattva, like one who chooses to surpass enlightenment, I'm at like 1.1%, right? Like maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll make it to 3% in the next 10 years is what it feels like. And it's really the game now, but that energy now comes out of the pursuit of the feeling of acceptance and radical acceptance of myself, like knowing that I've done those things in my past. I've experienced those stories, but those aren't who I am. They're just mm -hmm. a part of my story. And so now I look at like, yeah, I wasn't the best husband. I wasn't the best father. I wasn't the best business owner. I wasn't the best person. And I was like, I had wounds that I have to heal and I healed them. And now I get to be that person and use kind of both sides of the story. And so it does excite me now because I feel like I have a purpose or a mission or a path for the rest of my life. 
mm-hmm. where it's about self-sovereignty, right? It's about acceptance, leading myself, leading my family, leading my children and giving my gifts to the world in any way that I can and then learning and growing through the process. And so that was the longest winded answer to that question, but I've never talked about that on any podcast. So, Hey, first time for everything. That's awesome, dude. Hey, no, I can totally relate for multiple reasons. And people who listen to my podcast know this, but you don't because it's the first time we've actually like sat down, had a conversation together. Uh, we've talked through messenger and whatnot, but yeah, I, I grew up with alcohol abuse, drug abuse, didn't have sexual violence, um, or like abuse or anything like that, at least to me. Um, but I grew up with, yeah, physical violence. I had to witness with my family and that led me down a path of massive insecurity, but I was different than you. I was the dude actually, uh, for, it was kind of interesting. Cause it was like, when I was younger, I was like you where I was like very, I was insecure, but I would like act out about it. I got trouble in trouble in class. I got sent to the office, all that stuff, because I just, that was like my way of coping with it. Mm-hmm. And then in like junior high or freshman year, I started to like get become like the quiet kid where I was a lot more quiet and like reserved and held back. And then I wanted confidence. And I actually read the book, the four agreements by Don Miguel mm-hmm. Ruiz, which is like my foundation today. I'm obsessed with that book, but it's and all the, about personal freedom and the fifth agreement. Dude, fifth agreement is like next level. When I read that, my jaw was like dropped the whole time, <laughs> but uh, unreal. It's like crazy. And it's all about authenticity, you know, and like you have radical authenticity. You can't help but be authentic. And it's like, it's the same thing for me. I just, it feels weird when I'm not doing it. It's not an alignment like we're talking about. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, a, it's really an awareness piece with confidence. I realized like I wanted confidence mostly because I was like 17 when I read the book, mm-hmm. uh, mostly so I could just like talk to girls. That was like my big thing. But then I was like, there's so many other things that confidence can give me. And I realized there's so many different like key components that go into confidence, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. 17. So. I think I was like 31 when I read the book. I'm like, right. <laughs> You got the biggest head start. I was I was too busy pretending that I was like G.I. Joe for 12 years of my life, thinking I was bulletproof and invincible, which was actually a really interesting uh, dichotomy might be the word. But there was a level of dissonance, too, because it was really interesting getting out of the Marine Corps. Like I was brainwashed to think I was invincible for 12 years of my life. Right. But sure. also like an emotional rock. I was like, break my leg, take ibuprofen. I'm fine. Right. Like <laughs> and all these <laughs> all these different things. But I I feel like what ended up happening is that like I was in this childhood and then I went to the, this organization that rewarded me for being disconnected and a little bit broken Mm -hmm. and then added these levels of armor that like, I get to be aware of this paradigm for the rest of my life because Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that it, it, it comes with practice, right? It's just this consistent practice over and over. And like that thread of alignment that we keep talking about, you know, I think, we coach people, we inspire people, we're entrepreneurs, like we're, it's, it's in our DNA, right? Like no matter what, we're always finding an angle. Like we go in and we're like, oh, they could do this. We have this need. We're mostly unemployable, right? I'm unemployable. Like you wouldn't hire me. I wouldn't hire me. Are you kidding me? Like I am (laughs) out of control. Um, But with that comes this like unique set of awareness that has to be there. And you know, that alignment thread that we've talked about, it's really interesting because I feel like what happens as entrepreneurs, like, and by the way, kudos for your podcast and everything. And thank you for talking about your story. Like I, I mm-hmm. genuinely appreciate it. And you having sure, me man. here because this is my growth as well. Like my mm-hmm. learning and, and me receiving. But one of the things that I've realized is that as an entrepreneur, like we actually have the best job in the world. Like we are our own doctors. We are our own surgeons. We are our own, you know, like triage department. We are everything. 
And I overcomplicated it forever, like forever, Mm -hmm. like forever, because I'm like, I'm broken. What do I do? Who do I go to? Who do I hire? Like, what do I fix? What do I fix? What do I fix? Something outside of you. It's always something outside of me. And it's really simple now because like this morning I came into the office. I've been on the road for eight days. You know this, like we're living in Airbnbs because I moved my whole family to Montana Mm -hmm. and we're like, let's go on an adventure for a year. And there's no rentals and we can't buy right now. And so there's a whole lot of insecurity around me, right? There's the loose containers and a lot of ambiguity. And I come in and I sit down and you're my first interview today. And I literally had like low key anxiety all day, like all morning, like panic Mm -hmm. attacky and everything. And I was like, what are you going to pretend that that's not there anymore? Right. And I was like, nope, stop. Open up my phone. I called my wife. I said, I just need you to listen for a minute. I need to talk some through stuff. And all I did was took a moment to read my barometer. That's Mm -hmm. all I did. Like I just checked in to my barometer, right? And and I think as entrepreneurs, um, I made the mistake for so long about like just trying to read the temperature instead of adjust it, right? Thermometer versus thermostat. And it was really simple. I realized I had low key anxiety because I was just kind of out of touch with everything going on. It was all swirling around in my head. And the moment I spoke it out to my wife, like I felt aligned again. And there were a couple things that came out. I was like, oh, of course I feel off. I'm not supposed to be doing that. That's not my job. And that's not even something we're worried about. Get it off my plate. And the Mm -hmm. moment I just had this very clear picture of like, oh yeah, boom, boom, boom. I felt on fire. I got all my emails done, all my calls scheduled. I called my team. I planned our next event, like all within an hour. Mm -hmm. But all I did was allow myself to really like take a moment to look at the pieces and be like, hey, I just got to shuffle them around, put them back into alignment and then make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I say that because- One of the things that I see all the time that I used to catch myself in and I still do, but my students and everybody else is I think all of us need to break check ourselves occasionally. Like we need to pull our ripcord. Like we just need to stop free falling and we need to, you know, pull the canopy and take a peek at what's there. Mm -hmm. And I had to do it this morning as well. And I also think that that's a gift though, because I'm not, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being employed, but I'm not punching a clock or like, you have to get this done. Don't talk about your feelings. Like, boom, like, I think part of being a human and part of being an entrepreneur is like, it's this full expression of authenticity, right? It's this full expression of honoring where we are. And it's like, Hey, we love a roller coaster. And I know we love the drop, but sometimes you have to do the climb and sometimes Mm -hmm. the drop feels good. Sometimes it doesn't, but you can't just get on a roller coaster and get off at the parts you don't like, like you have to ride the ride. Right. And I feel like that's what we get to do every day. And I just get really fired up to do it. And, you know, there's days I'm tired and exhausted Mm -hmm. and sad. And I look at them now and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I am. Because tomorrow I'm going to be excited and jovial and full of energy. And so the moment, every moment in which I acknowledge, like, where I am in the moment without trying to change it, like, but really just bringing awareness to like, oh, I feel off today. Or like, I'm not that excited today. (laughs) We got on the call. And you're like, oh, how are you? I'm like, I'm homeless, a little stressed that yeah. I'm trying to figure this out. Here's my story. And you're like, oh, oh, got it. Yeah. And then I literally was like so excited to dive in because it's like I clear the air or like put us on yeah. like solid ground without me being like, oh, yeah, you know, I woke yeah. up, I pe- I fed my two unicorns in the backyard and sure. then one of them <laughs> pulled my Bugatti to the office. Right. And then I flew my kids to their private school and I held- no, it's like, no. Yeah. Hey, this is what was coming up today. Well, I think that 
what's important about that is that people like push things down. Like you could push those anxiety feelings down, but it's going to show through your skin and your family and kids are going to see like something's off with that or your wife's going to see it. Uh, but people also like push down their ambitions and the dreams that they have too. like anything you push down, it's going to come up. And the more that you push it down and push it away, the louder it gets. That's been my experience and everybody I've worked with. It just like keeps coming up. I got a good book for you. I, now I know you'll love this book. You haven't read. Have you ever read the little book of clarity? No, but I, okay. I think I heard of you talk about that on your podcast. I have to talk about it because it's exactly what you just mentioned, right? It, it, and it's a threat. So like, here's what I've learned, right? Like, and I have to give a little bit of context here. My ego is going to get stroked a little bit too, right? I've had a, a really good amount of success, right? Like I am, I am a successful entrepreneur. Like I am mm-hmm. good. Yes. Did 2020 kick? Do you swear on your podcast? You can go for it. Sure. Did 2020 kick my ass? Yes. Like it smoked me. Like I got murdered and were there times that I was like, I'm done. I'm finished. Yes. Did I ever quit? No. Right. And I came back out, but I've also been blessed to have some really amazing friends. I have friends that are millionaires, centimillionaires, and even billionaires. Mm. And here's what I find so interesting is we are all the same and we all have the same chemical makeup and DNA. We all have the same thoughts. Like I have a friend who did 600 million in one year and told me he wished he could go back to doing two because it felt better. He's like, I can't get myself out of bed most days because now it's like, am I going to be able to feed their families? Am I going to lose it all? And he's like, I used to think I was going to quote unquote, lose it all at 2 million. Now at 600, he's like, I feel like I'm imploding every day. And I started to like really pay attention that all of us have the same things. First, solopreneur is a myth and it's a guaranteed path to failure. None of us do this alone. None of us. Like I consider my morning barista on my team. Because they're like, how are you today? And I'm like, honestly, I'm a little nervous about work. I got an interview coming up and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. And like, okay, cool. Like, enjoy your cup of coffee. And they smile at me. And I'm like, oh, thanks for being a part of my team. Right? Like, yeah. We have all this touch point. But then the other part of it and the thread that you just said, and I've already said thread like 17 times. I'm I'm over it already. But the the string that I wanted to pull with that one is you said it, right? We'll tend to stuff it. And we'll be like, okay, I'll do this when, or I'll start this when, or mm-hmm. when I feel this way, I'll move this. Or when I get that number, I'll do this. And in that book of the little book of clarity, it's called toxic thinking because mm-hmm. there is no when, when never right. comes. It's just procrastination in a form of self-sabotage. Right. And yep. so when we think about entrepreneurship, when we think about our results and even life, there's only two things that we can control intention and energy. Mm -hmm. That is it. Everything else is completely out of our control. And if you think you can, you are disillusioned. Like I have no idea how the market's going to react, how those Facebook ads are going to go. I can have an intention that I'm going to put, like, this is what I want to accomplish. And then I have an energy that I can give it on a zero to 10, right? Those are the two things that I can control. And then everything else I'm basically strapped in for the ride on. But I have found it as well, this really interesting path as an entrepreneur where there's times where I'm like, I have a list of things that I know if I do them are going to move the needle, but they're quote unquote mundane tasks. So I will avoid doing them, therefore making it so the needle will never move and then have an emotional reaction like, oh, I'm such a failure. What am I supposed to do when it's been in front of me all the time? Like, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, hey. 
I know that launch is going to go good. Or I know I can close that deal or I know I should raise my prices, but then we keep moving the starting line. Right. And so mm-hmm. that toxic thinking that I see over and over in myself, luckily I have a team around me that holds me accountable and gives me deadlines and kicks me in the pants. Like you should have sure. seen the messages this morning. And, um, but that starting line, like, I think there's two parts of it. And I think as entrepreneurs, as human beings, what we tend to do is where I was like, okay, can we finish the race? Can we finish the race? Can we finish the race? But we never start it, right? We keep mm-hmm. moving the starting line over and over with that toxic thinking, right? Oh, we'll yeah. stuff it down, move it again. We'll stuff it down, move it again. Oh, we'll do it later, move it again. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. You can't win a race you don't start, right? right. You cannot. And so like the thing is, is like I was actually outlining a podcast this morning. I'm like, you weren't born a champion. You were built one. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like you have the ability, but you have to start. You have to start practicing. You have to put in the work. And so I've found that like every day is a part of my practice. I have a daily practice. I I call it (laughs) because my branding is a lighthouse. I call it turning the light on and turning the light off. So every morning I have to turn the light on, which means I have to have uninterrupted alone time, like 30 minutes, no phone, no computer, just stillness, like being with my thoughts, being with my feelings, being with whatever. And then at the end of the day, I have to have a 30 minute buffer to wrap the day, like to literally turn the light off. So there's no open loops. There's no, you know, neural Mm -hmm. pathways being fired. There's no anxiety. Like I have to close it all, but putting those things in the containers and like giving them a voice and giving them a home or writing them down and not stuffing is absolutely powerful. And then knowing that there is no, I'll do this when, or it's going to start next week. It's like, you have right now, like right now we are recording this podcast. That's it. It's right now. Mm -hmm. And that's really it. And, and I, I say that because to close the loop fully, like all my friends, like they look at me and we joke about it, but it's like that movie finding Nemo. It's like, just keep swimming. Like just keep going. I literally have that on a whiteboard right now. I actually, I wrote, (laughs) I wrote a, keep swinging and my girlfriend yeah, yeah. crossed it out and she wrote swimming <laughs> keep swimming yeah we gotta yeah we gotta and go i was like right oh reference. that's awesome well you gotta have fun dude and i think that that's like another part like when you're being off i well i feel like i was the most liberated when i started like really having fun and being authentic because i play music i'm a drummer in a band and mm-hmm. i used to take I it like it. really seriously because we're good like we've won best punk band in the north bay for three years i don't think we're the best punk band but we're a good one um we're actually gonna release a new album soon you can check it out. It's one arm Joey. That's our name. You got to send it to me. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Sweet. But uh, anyway, yeah, I remember that I was like playing a show and I had like a really rough day, but I was just taking it too seriously. And this one day something happened. I don't remember what it was, but uh, I played the show and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go have a good time. I'm just going to go have fun. Just do my thing, show myself off, have, have a good time. And I just had fun and people were like swarming, coming up to me being like, dude, that was sick. Like, that was amazing. I've never seen someone have that much fun playing the drums, you know? And then, uh, people started talking the more and more I kept doing it. Cause I saw this common thread, if you will, of the more I have fun, the more that, uh, the more positive reaction that I get and actually like the more successful I can be. And then I started going into business and there was times where I just took it like too seriously. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, if maybe it's like the drumming thing where like, I have fun. It's kind of like, I feel like this kind of segues into like the marketing aspect too. We're like, totally. there's other things in our life that we learn from. Maybe we can succeed in that also correlate into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like online dating, for example, mm-hmm. I've been doing online marketing and I'm like, dude, this is just like when I was doing online dating and it, it sucked for me. I was terrible at it. And then I got really good at it. And cause I got my profile, right. 
which is like the same thing as being an entrepreneur. And yep. I started like messaging the right ways and like asking and like whatnot, insinuating, like, let's go meet in person. Like, let's go on a date. And I started yep. lining up dates where I'd have like two dates per day, every weekend, every week I was like stocked on dates and just like, this is sick, you know? And then I met my girlfriend, yep. the rest is history, but it's so much similar. <laughs> like I got good at the online dating thing. And that's so much like yep. the, um, the relationships that we have in like business, it's just, yep. obviously it's a business relationship, not an intimate relationship. Yeah. Um, I, dude, I think, you know, I mean, here's the thing. First off, there are no compartments and this is a lesson that it took me a long time to learn as a very wise shaman and then personal development teacher. Um, but part of a protective mechanism is us convincing ourselves like we're one way at work, we're different in a relationship and we're different right. at the gym. And it's like, no, no, no. Um, there's one consistent input and it's you. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's just dissonance thinking that it's different. There is no compartment. Like how you show up at the gym is how you show up in your business. How you show up in the relationship is how you show up in your meetings. How you show up on social media is how you show up in life, even though we convince ourselves that it's different. And so all those worlds have to collapse, which is really, really powerful. But yeah, the, the thing that you said is the reason I, first off, have a career uh, and second, love what I do is because marketing is not difficult. Business is not difficult. Like I, I ask everybody, I have entrepreneurs come to the, Hey, I want your coaching. I can't figure out marketing. I suck. And I'm like, cool. I was like, do you have a friend? And they're like, yeah. I was like, cool. Is it a successful friendship? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. I'm like, you are the one of the best in the people in the world at marketing. Right. And they're like, I just, I actually just listened to your podcast episode on this. So yeah. Whoever's listening, and, he has an episode on this. Or he and, and, I, and I'm like, but when you really, really think about it, it's when we get overcomplicated and keep moving the starting line that we don't work at it. Right. Because right. we're like, oh, my, it has to look a certain way. It has to be a certain way. It has to convince people of something. Marketing is not a game of convincing. Marketing is a game of enrollment. Marketing is a game of consistency until your ideal customer is magnetized to you. Like think about Apple and I, I'm, I'm burning this analogy up, but I have to keep using it. Can you imagine how unsuccessful they would be if you were only allowed in the store if you pre-committed to buying something? They would lose 85% of their foot traffic because only 15 or so percent of people come in the store and buy. Every other one of those touch points is a touch point to make and inform a decision moving forward. You touch it, you feel it, you see, you come in, you come out. Business and marketing is no different, but we think that we're going to close a deal in one conversation. I'm like, nope, that's high-end prostitution, not business and marketing. <laughs> like that is right. not the game. And so when we think about it, it's like, look at how we communicate with our friend, with our significant other. We're consistent. We communicate. We keep our word. We show up. Like, can you imagine if you're like, hey, babe, I want to go to lunch. And she's like, no, you're like, you have to come right now. We're never going to lunch again. Right. And you're like, whoa, no, <laughs> you stay consistent and you kind of build this Truman show in this Truman world. And so when I think about marketing, I didn't have a business background. I was a Marine for 12 years, came out and figured it out. And my rules were simple. If somebody commented, I commented back. If somebody emailed me, I responded. And if I wanted to create content or a product, I wouldn't come up with the idea. I would ask everybody what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And somehow magically, I became a seven-figure entrepreneur, an eight-figure actually, um, in that business. And it was like, I wasn't reinventing the wheel. I was being in a relationship. And, and the reason I say this so much, and, and this is one of those things, mm -hmm. is in order to be in an effective relationship with your customers, you have to have an effective relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. 
because everything else is out of alignment, right? You think about it. These people sell their souls and you're like, God, that person taught me to post this, but every time I do, it feels like my soul needs a shower. I'm like, and you wonder why it doesn't work, right? right? Because you're just manipulating yourself and other people. It can't work. We feel it. Like you look at you and me, when we scroll through social, you can see and feel from a mile away, the snakes in the grass. You can somehow our intuition knows, like you see that photo and you're like, Oh, wonder where he rented that Lambo from. Right. right. And, and all of us that the other day <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden your soul charts to churn. Right. But then you'll see another one and you'll see a person standing and you're like, God, I just feel good about this. Let me read the mm-hmm. caption. Right. And you start to notice that we can see and sense these things, but yet somehow we think that if we market that way, our customers won't alignment is your only choice. You have to be open. You have to be self-aware. And here's the beautiful part. The more authentic you are and the more open you are, the more money you make and the more customers you get because now mm-hmm. you're relating on a human level, not on a transactional level. Yeah. And so, yeah, all of it's the same. But I tell people all the time that if you want to succeed, you just have to work on being in a relationship with yourself and then using that to fuel the relationship with your team and then that mm-hmm. to fuel the relationship with your customers yep. because that's really all you have. Like at the end of the day, I'm always going to be a pain in the ass. I know it. I love it. Like. <laughs> I nicknamed myself hot mess cowboy. Like I'm walking around in shorts and 20 degrees with a pink hoodie on and cowboy boots and a black hat backwards to the car heart. And people are like, yeah, I'm like, I own it. Like that's how it is. But I also own that in my business, I'm not a CEO. Like I'm not sitting here running deadlines, thinking about this next quarter of the quarter. I'm like, this is what it's going to look like in 50 years. And my team like keeps me out of the meetings because like, that's my strength, but it's also a weakness when it comes into the, to the company and not in the right container. And so I get to practice and own that I'm a visionary. Like I'm an eight on the Instagram scale. Like I love thinking big and like going after the impossible. But then the moment I have to put weeds to it, I'm like, get. I start having a panic attack. I'm like, that is not my strength. Hmm. But because I'm aware of that, I also know that like, hey, I shouldn't be in that meeting. Like hmm. I should not come up with that idea. Like you should tell me what to do, stick a quarter in me. And I think it's just this constant practice of like radical self-acceptance. There's another book called Radical Honesty, Um, but radical self-acceptance, knowing our strengths and really playing into them and then outsourcing or being aware of our weaknesses and sharing those with those around us, including our customers, like literally including our customers. Like I'll be the first guy like, hey, we're doing an event in April. I'm so stoked for you to be here. I have no idea what the details are because that's what my team is for. And they're like, oh. It's yours. I'm like, totally, but I'm not going to get obsessed and wrapped up into the things that are going to prevent me from starting or winning the race to bring it full circle. Like I'm the runner. So I keep running and I'm going to run and I'm going to run and I'm going to run. And you might be my coach on the side, like, Hey, pothole coming up, jump or slow down. You're going to burn out or like, Hey, you haven't drank any water. Will you take a sip of water, please? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I was like, Oh, got it. Cool. Right. And I think that that's really at the, at the ultimate core of it. When you look at the most successful entrepreneurs and you go to the principles of business and marketing, I'm not creating anything new. I'm regurgitating in my language, but But if you start looking at the threads of marketing and business, all of them are the same. Self-awareness, self-work, authenticity, open communication, Mm -hmm. consistency. Nowhere in there are the 107 strategies and tactics with my 79-step program that's going to make you a millionaire in 10 days. Right. None of them. Yeah. And so when you really, really think about it, we have the path in front of us as long as we commit to running the race. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Grab a Navy SEAL analogy. They say this, they own it, and it's something that I loved about the SEALs that I worked with. 
is you have to commit to climbing the mountain before you start. Mm-hmm. You have to say, no matter what, I'm going it's to the top real. before you take the first step or you'll never make it. Yep. And so like when I think about entrepreneurship and I think about marketing, there's no failures, there's lessons. So it's like, hey, I'm going to launch my first product. Great. Commit to launching your first product no matter what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Pick a date, pick a time and set a goal of 10. You might hit one, you might hit a hundred, but you'll hit neither if you don't start. Right. Yeah. Right? That was like me. I was, I was in construction work, which is what my dad did. And this mm-hmm. is before I got into coaching. Uh, so I just kind of followed his footsteps. And at this time I was really into personal development because of four agreements, et cetera. Yep. And I was like, ah, oh, I just love this personal development stuff. Cause it was working on me. I was coaching other people and I got into construction work and about a year in, I was like, dude, this is way out of alignment. I had, I was just knew that something was off with me. And uh, then I ended up finding out about coaching because I talked with this one coach, just like a Tony Robbins results coach guy. Cause I got an email. So I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And I was just like blown away. I'm like, dude, I want to be like this guy. And the more I looked into it, the more I fell in love with it and what it means to be like a great coach, you know, to hold people accountable, to be a role model. Cause I didn't have that kind of role model growing up. So I think that's a huge reason why I love what I do is because I get to be more and more of this role model so that when I do have kids, cause I'd love to have kids and give them the kind of childhood that I never got to have that they, they have the kind of role model that I never had, you know, a loving one. When I was in construction work, and all these like feelings to go inside of me. I went, and I got certified as a coach and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm good. All my ducks are in a row, but it was a five-year apprenticeship and I'm four years in and mm-hmm. I still have one year left. And my dad's like, just do your five years. So you can always come back to making six figures in construction work, crazy good benefits. You're always solid. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want to do construction now. And I have no intention of doing it in my future. Like if I think about like the person I'd love to be, they don't do construction. Maybe they do a job on the house or something, but they don't do construction work. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like negotiating with doubts and fears. And I'm like, I have all my ducks in a row to just start. I just literally have to start, but I was going to wait the extra year. People are like, you only have a year. And I'm like, I have an entire year left ahead of me. What are you talking about? So I literally just took the bull by the horns. I took a leave of absence and I went for it with no intentions of going back. And I never did. And it was Mm -hmm. the best decision I could have ever made. But I love that, um, that saying about, or from the gotta commit. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. And another thing too, is like, and I'm proud of you for doing that. Right. Like, and I want everybody listening to this. Like if I could give you one thing, I think one of the worst pieces of advice that I've ever heard is burden the ships. I think it's one of the worst pieces of advice I've ever heard. Oh, There's yeah. a difference between commitment and a liability. Right. And what you did is you knew you had your ducks in a row. You had done the thoughts. You've done the fears. You had the confidence there. I tell everybody else to make sure that they build a bridge before they knock the other ones down. Like, here's the thing, like Manhattan has 22 bridges or 21 bridges coming in and out of it. Every time they build a new one, they don't knock the other ones down. They're there for options. You can pick your path. And so Mm. I think the most important thing that you said that you did is that you became aware and you didn't move the starting out and you're like, I'm going to do it. And in the commitment of doing it, you're like, okay, now I get to look at my time. I get to look at my leverage. I get to look at my inputs and you're like, oh, if I do this and I do this, I have a chance of doing this. And you made a very educated decision. I watch people like I quit my job. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm like, Whoa, who's going to fund the job? I'm like, why didn't you use the job to fund your entrepreneurship? Like, yeah, I was a food blogger for two years as an active duty Marine. I made almost seven figures before it was my full-time job. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. I was only, I had two hours a day to work on the business because I was an active duty Marine, but I would blog. I would come home and it was already dark. I'd use artificial light. I'd make a recipe 
I'd photograph it and I'd write a blog post when I went to bed, I would publish it. And then in the morning before work, I would do social media and then I would be off the internet for 12 hours and I would do it again the next day. I did that for like a year and a half. Hmm. And, you know, you got to think about this. And the way that I say this is that you can't run two races at the same time, but you can be running one and training for two and then making a decision like where you spend your time. And so mm. kudos, by the way, amazing job. And I think for everybody listening, the, the, the principle here is like, start, like pick your direction, like pick where you want to go and start building it. And I think one of the hangups, cause I'm going right for the jugular here is that toxic thinking, right? It's like, okay, yep. well, I can't start till I know exactly what it's going to look like. And I was like, so mm-hmm. first, Field of dreams is bullshit. If you build it, they don't come. You have to build it with them and you have to learn how to make it where you want it to where it's going to go. And so I'm like, yeah. if you are in Ireland and you're like, I want to go to the United States somewhere on the East coast, I don't care where you pick. You can still get in the boat and start sailing and then adjust your course as needed, but yeah. you have to head in that direction. And mm-hmm. I, I think really, because one of the things that I still struggle with today is I, I don't want to call it procrastination, but that's a word that everybody resonates with. It's it's really conscious choice of self-sabotage or conscious choice of not succeeding because like I'll still have times where I'll move things down my hit list and I have to really check in with myself and I'm like, why did I move it? Like if I said that this is what I wanted and this is the thing that's going to get me what I wanted, why did I move it? Mm-hmm. And why have I put it off and put it off? And normally it's one of the two things. Either I really don't want it or I'm afraid to have it. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those two. But I have to practice that awareness because I have to make a decision. I'm like, okay, I'm afraid to have it. Okay, cool. Well, what's the first step I can do and put it in my calendar? Or it's out of alignment. Okay, what's the next step to either get clear on it, remove it, or re-engage it in a way that does align with me? But I think all of it and you, including you, um, the whole point here is like, keep going, keep swimming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Step forward. Well, yeah. With, with action comes clarity and it's Thousand through that percent. consistent action. Cause like, yeah, I mean, I became a better coach as I just started, but in the beginning, like, thank God for the people that first signed up to work with me because I'm way better yeah. of a coach now than I was back then. But, oh man, I have um, those too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I think everybody does. Um, Ooh. I have a realtor friend who said that too. And I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, but yeah, man, it's through that action comes clarity. I think that before you can like really market, you know, cause obviously a topic's supposed to be on marketing. I think it, it does well, kind it of is. like core and it does because like, it's about relationships and that authenticity piece is you taking care of you so that you can be the best version of you for those other people. Because yeah, you can, uh, you can see the snakes in the grass very easily. Well, one of the, one of the things like when you said action, you know, will create clarity a thousand, a thousand percent and yep. You know, one of the things here too, and and this all, and I mean, every single thing we've talked about applies to marketing, right? Because it's the input that makes marketing effective, right? Out of alignment, marketing doesn't work. Anything that's not congruent doesn't work. Anything that's not self-aware doesn't work, right? And so when we really think about it, like I, I literally had a student, like one of my mastermind members, like two weeks ago was like, they're doing this launch, (laughs) And they're like, I don't know what to say. Nobody's responding to my emails. Like nobody bought it. And like, and it was like, okay, like I felt the tornado and I was like, all right, cool. I was like, I'm going to tell you what to write in an email. Like, you ready? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, open the email and write, I'm lost. I just smashed my face on the keyboard and I can't figure out why I'm pulling my hair out. I've overcomplicated this whole thing. I want to help you achieve X. What's getting in the way and can I please help you? 
And then they literally sold their program out in one day. Oh my God. <laughs> because instead of it being like, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. I'm like, tell them how you feel. Right. And then ask them, build that relationship with them. And they actually had to make a wait list for their next launch because literally like 60 people responded like, oh, my God, like, thanks for being open with me. That's how I feel about my business. I want blank. I want blank. I want mm-hmm. blank. And I was like, you're welcome. Like, right. You're welcome. Like, don't take your wife on the date that you want to take her on. Take her on the one that she wants to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for sure real. Big, big, big distinction here. And so when I think it's there, one of the beautiful parts of that, though, that you said earlier is that none of it can happen if you don't take the action, right? I could have sat there with them like, let's brainstorm, let's brainstorm, let's think, let's think. Right. And I was like, we're going to think ourselves out of business. Like, we're just going to think ourselves out of business. I was like, why don't we just play, like shoot the shot, take the shot, right? right? We might miss, we might not, but let's keep it simple and get down mm-hmm. into the weeds of it. But I think and it, it, it may sound a little esoteric, but it really is the secret. You cannot lose in business or in life by being your authentic self. The only time you can lose is if you're trying to show a version of yourself mm-hmm. that isn't really you. Because then if it doesn't work, you're like, oh, that persona didn't work. I'm like, it couldn't have. Right. And I was like, but if it is you and let's say nobody engages, it doesn't matter because it was for you. It was an alignment. It was just a documentation of like who you are. Mm -hmm. And like we live in this world where it's like, oh, every post needs to go viral. I was like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Are you out of your mind? Like it's like one one in a thousand. Right. And I was like, but here's the thing that they miss. I was like, you go find that viral post and you go look at the other 900 posts they did in a month, two months leading up to it for that one to catch. It wasn't that the post went viral. It was all those inputs of playing and playing and playing. Mm -hmm. I was like, so as long as you're aligned and it doesn't feel heavy and you're like, yeah, it's okay to say what you want to say. It's okay to send an email that's eight words long. It's okay to Mm -hmm. do a social media post that says, Hey, just feeling off today. Love you. Right. Or this is what's coming up. How are you? Or think about this or give them a diatribe if you want to. All mm-hmm. of it's okay because it's your expression of yourself that's mm-hmm. going to make the biggest difference. Like that is where it gets magnetic. That is where it comes in because what you're doing is you're showing up consistently to allow somebody to build a relationship with you through being aware of themselves. And mm-hmm. so it's this back and forth dance. But like in e-commerce, right? I'll give just to wrap it in business. You know, we find like five years ago, if somebody wanted to buy like a whey protein, it would take like six to seven touch points. Five years ago, three years ago, it was 26. Now it's over a hundred. It's mm. over a hundred. And that's you being like, James, like, yeah, you know what? I really want like a grass fed whey protein. I'm like, dope. Or a drumstick. You're like, I want a new drumstick. And I'm like, dope. You know that game, but you have endowment to your current ones. And so you might want something, but the endowment is so deep that it would take a hundred plus touch points of you seeing another one, breaking another one, seeing a brand, seeing somebody else use it mm-hmm. on social, in an ad, in an email for you to finally have enough cooperating evidence to tilt. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we tend to think that like, Oh, we're going to do that in one day. Can you imagine right. me like walking up to you in the middle of a set and then literally being like, Hey, give me those. Here's my new ones that you've never felt and used. Like you would punch me in the mouth or you should at least maybe right. yeah. you'd be like get away psycho. Right. It would never work. And so we have to understand that consistency and congruency are the two biggest secrets to quote unquote marketing working. Mm -hmm. And in order for those to happen, you get to dive into all the things that we talked about today so that the inputs are there so you can maintain it. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's how I would tie it all together. Like that's where that thread is underneath. It's like the, the keel in the water is you.
mm-hmm. and how you and me and me like I don't belong on a soapbox. Take me off one if I'm on it. I am a hot mess, hot mess. I feel like I'm just a faster hot mess than some other people. So I get success. Like that's Mm. really what it feels like. It's like, okay, I just try to avoid getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson. But if I do, I find a way to stand back up and I won't get hit again. But I just go and I go and I go and I go and I go. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the most important part. Like keep swimming, keep stepping, like keep playing, keep working, keep stretching, keep recovering. Like, keep playing the game. So you have a chance to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just through the action, actually just a fun thing. And, uh, even in like online dating for me as well, cause it's like a completely different thing. Like I've been married I, like pre dating apps. So like, I'm I, so out. I have like, I had a straight routine that I would do that was successful every time, like did not fail, but I sucked at first. And it's, I say it's because it's something that's completely different because some people it's like, yeah, they want to just start their entrepreneurial journey. But even if it's like, you know, maybe they are a successful entrepreneur and then they want to start doing something completely different. It's still the same rules still apply. But yeah, I would like my second, I, the first date, I would always go to like a bar or just something where it's like, I could dip if I want to. And the second date, if I actually liked the, the girl, I would go to Scandia to go mini golf because I like mini golf. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I grew up like going to Scandia. And then from there, one thing led to another. And it was pretty much just like, boom, boom, boom. Like literally like clockwork. If I knew that I liked the person, but that confidence and all that came from me being authentic and kind of like going towards Scandia, which some people would be like, oh, you'd go to Scandia. It's like, yeah, cause it's awesome. And it's hella fun. Yeah. And, and with the action, I got more clear as well, but I think the same rules still apply. Well, yeah. And then to give you kudos as well. And to, just to think about this, like you, one of the things that I learned is not being romantic about how it looked, but more so romantic about the steps in the process, right? Because like what used to close mastermind members or what used to work in Facebook ads doesn't work. It changes daily. Mm -hmm. It literally changes daily. Like I currently like one of my companies right now, we probably spend, I don't know, 250 grand a month on Facebook ads. And another one, we spend a million a month. Right. And literally Mm -hmm. it's like every week we have a new strategy meeting and it feels like I'm going to have an aneurysm until I learn that it's a part of the game. Right. Like, we're going to evolve. Like once something starts working, you get to reinforce it and be aware of it. Now the principles, right? Consistency, empathy, communication, right? Like, (laughs) Hey, it's not one, it's multiple touch points. That's it. But you know, it might not work at Scandi again. You might get a different class and you have to go bowling or you have to go go go-karting, right? We have to be willing to change the containers, right? But the steps are the same. And I think that that's one of the most important things because I've run into that more than anything. Like I'd say like one of my biggest weaknesses as an entrepreneur still to this day is being romantic about what it looked like because I think it's somehow going to give me a semblance of safety. Like Mm -hmm. somehow if it's predictable that I'm going to feel better and be more confident. And then I have to remind myself that I gave up predictability to live in ambiguity because I'm an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Right. And it's like, I want to build this thing that nobody's ever built before, but then I want you to tell me that it's going to look a certain way. And you tell me exactly how to do it. Right. And then you're like, Oh, I'm just lying. To yeah. Myself that's not going to happen. <laughs> like okay, at all. Got it. You're like, yeah. Oh no, I did really commit to going out past the level that was built. Right. Like mm-hmm. nobody's been there. Like, Oh, I finished that song at solo time. It's my solo there's a chance that nobody's going to like it. And there's a chance that it's going to crush, but I can't use somebody else's. I have to build mine. Mm. And I think that that's the biggest, biggest awareness that I have on myself is practicing myself, practicing like 
my self-awareness, like my self-love, like my self-confidence. So when I get into the dark woods where there's no lights, I'm confident that like I can find my path or I can build my path and I can build that light because that is the guarantee. And I see it across the board. I mean, I've been in this game for 12 years now and I've been a part of everything up to billion dollar companies, $37 billion in revenue, two unicorns, like all of it. And the one guarantee is there is no guarantee. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's, that's really, really it. And my buddy Alex Darfin says it better than anybody. It's like, we have to reward ourselves for doing what we do because we're the crazy ones. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that go out into the future, get clear on what something is going to look like that nobody's ever done. And then we come back into the present and we start building it every day while people call us crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I think and that, so. It's that self work. Yeah, I think that the um, yeah, just to kind of sum up, we definitely went over. I tried to hold you down, but I couldn't do it. So no, uh, no, no, I no, I I always my rule is that if we're flowing, then I'm gonna keep going. Um, but yeah, there's a great quote that I think actually kind of wraps this whole thing uh, up, and it's actually by Rumi, the poet Rumi. Yeah. Uh, where he said, "It's as if a king from a far and distant land has sent you to accomplish one task. Now you could accomplish a hundred other things that people would deem as wonderful and worthy, but if you fail to accomplish the one specific task you were sent to accomplish, it will be as if you had accomplished nothing. So the question mm-hmm. is, what's the one specific task? And what it is is the full realization and embodiment of who you are." And that's the whole point of this whole thing in life. And I love what you said earlier about how, like, I've, I've worked with people who are like, oh, you're working in people's business, but you sound like you're a life coach. It's like, dude, it's the same thing. It's a coach. <laughs> like, I'm a support system for you, which in turn, when you work on you and you start working at a higher level, your business is going to start shooting up. Watch 100%. and wait and see, you know? But uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's so true. So this has been a wonderful conversation, man. I've uh, I really enjoyed your time. There's one question. I said, I don't do like the five questions. It's What's the, the one everybody. I want to know? There's one question that I ask everybody on the show. And the question is, uh, George, what is your MPI? So what's the massive positive impact that you want to see, create, or be a part of in this world? Mm, that is such a good question. And I'm going to delete the answer in my head and go to my heart. Um, the massive positive impact is that my kids feel loved in full so that they can give love and fullness to the world uh, in the midst of whatever crazy comes up and break generational patterns of abuse and neglect and disconnection, which will in turn help me help a million entrepreneurs step mm-hmm. into their power. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. That one, having, having your own, having, having a little one that looks up at you every day and, and repeats things back to you is my MPI. And it challenges like the, the deepest, darkest parts of my soul to love mm-hmm. and accept and, and to focus on that one thing. So yeah. it would be, uh, it would be my children. I love that, man. Yeah. I, it's the same for me. I don't have kids right now, but I will one day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, that's definitely relatable for me as well. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Where They're can... also the best marketers, by the way, just in case you ever want to know my four-year-old probably has the best marketing brain I've ever seen. Cause, Cause they're authentic. He's just on this authentic. Like, yeah, like, they're authentically them. And he's like, daddy, why would you do that? And I'm like, probably because my brain's crazy. Nobody else would do that. Let's simplify mm-hmm. it. But yeah, 
and then I'll, I'll pull your thread for you. Uh, the best place to find me, if you haven't figured out yet, I think my brain belongs in a straitjacket. So that's why I named my podcast, The Mind of George Show, because it's just yeah. a little bit of my crazy. Um, but yeah, my podcast would be the best place, uh, The Mind of George Show. Uh, my website is mindofgeorge.com. And my mission is to help entrepreneurs ethically build and scale their legacy and business. Mm-hmm by using relationships and uh, yeah. making sure you never have to give your soul a shower. And so uh, my team and my commitment to anybody is if we can help you in any way, please reach out to us and please let us know because that is how we win is by helping you win. Yeah. Phenomenal. I love it, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any, any last words, final thoughts? I'd say for final everybody listening for you, uh, <laughs> if you, if you haven't listened to James uh, listen more, I, I really appreciate everything that you said and I can feel the level of awareness and work that you have done and where you're going. And so it's a very, very invigorating breath of fresh air and I love it. Mm -hmm. And so for everybody, I'd say, listen to this, but just find that one thing, like find that one thing and realize that you're the only one who can do it. Mm -hmm. You're the one that can do it. You're the one that can have it. And there is no other you. So please just own you and give the world that your gift that you have, that you are, that everything is and pursue it relentlessly and ask for support lean into support and be open for support because you can't name me one Olympic athlete without a coach. And you probably yeah. can't name me one of their coaches that has a gold medal. So yep. there's a reason that those things exist. So lean into James, lean into the world, lean into each other and keep pursuing your greatness would be exactly what I would say. Awesome. Right on. Thank you, George. Uh, okay, guys, take what you learned here, get out there, make your own massive positive impact, and we'll see you in the next one.